Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Thank you, Dave. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be in church. See all these smiling faces and some who are about to smile. Come on. <laughs> Before I start, the other day I was they were running, which I do several times a week, and this idea came to me about uh, in May, the third week of weekend in May, I believe. The Capital City Marathon always runs, and a few years ago, some of you know, I did run the marathon. I've gotten a little wiser, and so this year I'm going to do a half marathon. So I was thinking it would be really cool if there's anybody out there, if you have any interest in running at all and want to do this, we could do a little connect group or something. And if you want to run a half marathon with me, with a group of us could do that together, that would be fun. And uh, I can, if you have no experience in that, I can help you a little bit and get you prepared. And also, if you're looking, maybe it's a good way just to get in shape. You're thinking, maybe I want to do that or change kind of how you know, intake of food, different things like that, um, we, we can have a good time together and uh, maybe uh, get together periodically, go out for a little run, uh, have some fellowship, and I just thought it would be kind of a cool idea. So if that, if that interests you at all or you want more information just about doing that, just contact me. You can email me or talk to me in person, text me if you have my number, whatever. I just think that would be kind of a fun thing. Anybody here at all do any running at all? Am I the only We got one, two, three. So there's not enough of you that are running. <laughs> I, to be honest with you, I really don't like it that much. Um, but I've done it for the last 13 years just to try to maintain some sort of slender. And if you've noticed, I've lost some weight. Because I... Um, <laughs> You don't have to clap. It's like some big successful thing or anything. I, I was motivated a little bit because my good friend Priscilla had mentioned something to me a few weeks ago. Pastor Steve, it looks like you're getting a little... <laughs> so thank you, Priscilla. <laughs> it's good to have family around. <laughs> uh, I... Um, Here's a, if I mention this, raise your hand if, it, if you know DeGarmo and Key. Yeah. Oh, wow, we got more than a hand raised. Keep your hand up for a second. DeGarmo and Key. Okay, so we have a few. That means you're at least a little older than the millennials because they had no clue. Uh, and right now, some of them are looking on their phone. DeGarmo and Key. There's a song called Casual Chris, Christian that they... Did and I think this was back in the mid '80s, and uh, Commander Sozo I think was the album. And just off the top of my head, but um, Casual Christian, it's a great song. It says I don't want to be a casual Christian. I don't want to live a casual Christian life. Amen. And I was thinking about that the other day, and that that really is something that resonates in me, making sure. Where, where's my walk with the Lord? Am I, am I pursuing? Am I 
going after it passionately? Am I pursuing my relationship with, with God, my Heavenly Father, in such a way that the word casual or the word lukewarm or any of those things that really aren't healthy for us don't get in the way? And I was thinking the song we were singing this morning, I give you my worship, I give you my passion, I give you my whole heart. Are, are we giving him our whole heart? You know, as believers, as Christians, uh, so many uh, Christians now are probably falling in that category of just casual Christian. But I want to tell you that there will be a day that comes that will not make it. It won't cut it, being a casual Christian. The Bible talks about being lukewarm, and it's, it's not good. He said he'll spew us out of his mouth. So just in a word of encouragement, let's become passionate about our walk with the Lord, our relationship with the Lord this morning. And I, I wanted to talk to us a little bit of this morning about believing the message and being the message. Believe the message, be the message. Lord, I pray right now as we go to your word, as we see what the message is and see how we can be the message. Lord, you just speak to us this morning, each one of us individually. God, we are uniquely created, but we've been created in your image. Every one of us has different uh, thumbprint, different fingerprint. Every single one of us, we're uniquely made. God, one thing is you made us all to worship you. You created us to be a part of your family, to integrate together, to be part of the body of Christ. And Lord, I just pray as we learn more about your desires for us and how we can be a message to others, Lord, that you would just inspire us. Lord, as we walk this life with you as our Lord and our King. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, I know this is something you will not remember, the Pony Express. My dad just barely squeaked by that one. Back in 1860, the Pony Express was developed to run messages, mail different things from Missouri to California. It only lasted for 19 months because there was some other form to bring the message that was developed. How many know what that is? The telegraph. A little quicker, isn't it? Although the Pony Express, they did a pretty good job covering 2,000 miles in between 10 to 13 days running all these horses and, and doing that. But at some point, something else, to, some other method came to deliver the message. And I was thinking about how the message of Jesus has always been the same, and the message never changes. But the methods for delivering the message can, can change. They change just like the Pony Express days where the messages were always going to be the same messages that whatever the person wrote and was delivered or, or wanted to get information. But how it got there changed. Today we're sitting here and many of us have these little electronic devices that we can look at the message on. It's a different method to look at the message. And I know that especially when change comes and, and, and it's hard for some of us. I'll say us. I don't know. I, I like a little bit of change. Not, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. 
know some of you hate change, some of you are, you love change. I'm kind of in that middle. So I've always been the one, I'll catch up, but I'm not the first one to go grab the new device that's out there. Now, my son would be the one that, he would be the first one to grab that. And, and then, but he's great because he would show, Dad, you could do this, you could do this. But it would be a little confusing for me. And I'm like, okay, I'll get there. And then when I get there, I like it. So, but there's a message that is so consistent and it never changes that we've read from day one in the Word has never changed. The methods of how we speak that message, how we communicate it, it changes a little bit. How we receive that message can change. The question then becomes, what is the message? What is the message for us? And there's a lot of answers to that, really. But I thought I'd bring just a few this morning. In the first, uh, we'll look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. 1 John 1, starting in verse 5, it says, This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living the light in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So we see right out of the chute here, part of the message is that, first of all, God is light. Light is good, right? If you walk into a room that's totally dark and you turn on the light, what happens to the darkness? It disappears, doesn't it? Because light always overtakes darkness. And so in our life, we've been born into darkness. But when Jesus Christ enters our life, the light comes on and that darkness is dispelled. But we have to believe that and we have to live in that because so often we personally will we'll turn that light off thinking, oh, that's too bright or it, I, I think I liked it better dark, you know, because there's always things that are going on in our thought process. But God is light and in him there is no darkness. We, we have to realize these are good things about God, good things about God. And then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. That's part of the message. His blood cleanses us from all sin. That's a good message. Here's one that we all know very well, John 3.16. Various translations that you have. I, obviously, we, most of us have probably memorized King James Version. I, I'm putting up the New Living Translation. But, but this is how God loved the world. What did he do? He gave his one and only son... Who is that? Jesus Christ. So that everyone who believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life, but would have life. So here we see that, first of all, God is love. He, he, because he loves, loved, loved, loved so much that he went on to die for our sins. He's love, died for our sins, and all we must do is what? Believe in him to, give, to receive eternal life. This is part of the message. God is love. 
is part of the message. Because if, if we don't understand what the message is, then how can we be the message? So it's important to understand that God is light. There's no darkness in him. God is a good God. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. God is love. He, he died for our sins. He did these things. And we just need to believe that. We need to believe it. We need to receive it. Hebrews, Hebrews 1, 3. This is in the uh, New International Version. It says, His Son... I like this. His son is the reflection of God's glory and the exact likeness of God's being. He holds everything together through his powerful words. After he had cleansed people from their sins, he received the highest position, the one next to the Father in heaven. Jesus is the reflection of God's glory, the exact likeness of his Father. It's a reflection. And as we get to that place of being the message, then we become the reflection. We become a reflection, just like Jesus was a reflection of God, an exact likeness of God's being. And where is he today? He's seated with his Father. I can imagine they're having a pretty good time. You know what Jesus is doing for you right now? He's interceding, isn't he? He's interceding. How, man, tell you what, I need it. Do you need it? <laughs> All the time. And he doesn't stop. He doesn't take breaks. He doesn't say, oh, yeah, the, uh, I don't know who's playing today, but whatever game is on, I don't care because the Seahawks aren't playing. <laughs> he doesn't take time to, to say, oh, I'll come back because I got something else over here. He's interceding always for us. He loves us so much. He doesn't ever stop. 1 John 3.11, this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Amen. This is another part of the message. Do you believe that that's important? Yeah. That we love each other? Amen. For whatever reason, many times we don't demonstrate that, Right? Especially those who we love, we say we love them, but there's times when our actions don't prove that out because we're selfish people. And it usually has to do with something about us being selfish about something, and we want our way, and we don't want to give in to whatever it is they want to do, so we have this conflict. But we are to love one another. Of course, we love God first, right? Why? Because he first loved us. It's, it's a return. I think it's a, it's, for me, it's a joy, a privilege, and an honor to love him. Because if he made the, that decision from the beginning of time, because by the way, he knew you, beginning of time, he knew you. That blows your mind for one. It does. But if he thought so much about you and me, and made that decision that he loves us like crazy and unconditionally, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing, that would ever, ever stop him from loving us. That's good to know. So I think, okay, then I'm going to love him back. I'm going to love him back. Some of you have dogs. 
dogs are, they're great showers of love, aren't they? I mean, they come and their tails wagging and they're just excited to see you. And no matter what happens or what you do, they love you. I mean, obviously we can't get in their head and talk to them and ask them questions. But there's probably some lessons to be learned from dogs and, <laughs> and how to love each other. Because I think a dog's love is unconditional. They're just like, hey, oh, there's a treat. I'll take that too. <laughs> pet me, pet me. <laughs> we are to love one another. Romans 8, 39. This is not on the screen, so you get to listen to this one. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation Nothing in all creation will ever, ever, ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which I had made that statement. That is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's been revealed to us in his word through Jesus that he loves us so much. He loves us unconditionally. That is a message. Do we believe that message? Do we believe God is light? Do we believe God is love? Do we believe he sent his son on the cross to die for our sins? Do we believe that we're to love one another? Do we believe that his love will never fail? It will never, ever, ever be separated from us. We need to make sure we're believing that message. Because if we don't believe that message, it's hard to be the message. Because we're going to be what we believe. What, what do you believe? What do you believe? What do you believe about God? Unfortunately, circumstances in lives dictate, and especially negative circumstances, and it typically has to do with a father, grandfather, male figure, something that's caused people to not have a good sense towards God. But you have to know, God is not... The evil one. God is not the one doing the things that are evil, the things that create angst and, and concern and, and hatred and anger and all those things. That's not God. Because we're learning and we're seeing and we know that he ha- that's, that's such a foreign thing to him. It's not. It, it cannot even come close to being connected to that. That's an enemy of our soul that comes after us. We have to believe that God is who he says he is. We have to believe that. Nothing can separate us from God's love. I probably can't say that enough because that's one of the things when I talk to people at times, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't feel like God loves me. I don't, I don't feel like God can forgive me. I've done too much or, or I, I, I just don't, I can't figure this out. Well, we don't really need to figure out. We have to, but we need to believe it for what it is. It's truth. Remember, our, in, our little finite, peeny, teeny, pea-brain minds, we have to stop trying to use those when it comes to God because they do not <laughs> compute. doesn't compute. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. I mean, there's, we can't even come close. When you think of, just think about the human body and how many billions of cells and all of the intricacies of the human body and my word, how did that happen from 
a seed from, from nothing from in the sense of, I mean, what, it's crazy to think about that God did this and then to, to for have people to, to say, well, I don't believe in God. Well, ah, uh, boy, it, I think it's harder to not believe in God because where did this come from? Galatians 3.2, let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. The message you heard about Christ. That's a good message, that Jesus Christ died for our sins. I say it again. And when he rose again, he sent the Holy Spirit to live and dwell in us. He resides in us as believers. Do you believe that? Do you tap into that? Because sometimes we leave a lot on the table. We don't tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. If I had $1,000 sitting on a table up front and I said, come and get the $1,000 and you just took $1 and walked back, you'd somebody go, well, that's ridiculous. Go get the rest of it. But sometimes we live our life that way where we're just taking a little bit. We're not taking advantage of what really is given to us to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit and use that to our advantage in that sense in our life. Sometimes we just, well, I'll do this, but I don't really think I can do this. Jesus said, no, you can do it. You can do this. It's through the ministry of the gospel or the good news, so we call it the good news, that the Holy Spirit goes to work. And it, 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 it's happened because of the good news. That's really definition of the gospel is good news. Again, it's the light, it's the love, it's all of these good things. It's good news. I know a lot of people I talk to, well, God's a bad God. He, he's, how, if he, he allowed this horrible thing to happen, he can't be a good God. Well, we understand that we live in a fallen world, that we've all sinned and we've all come short, right? That's right. So when sin entered the world, it changed some things. But the one, one thing God made a decision on way early on was, I'm not going to be the puppeteer up here controlling everybody, everything they do. I'm going to give people the ability to choose, to make choices. And unfortunately, some people make bad choices. And it affects other people negatively. But God, in his infinite wisdom, his love, all of the things, his grace, his mercy can come in on, on scene and help through those situations. It does not give God any joy or any satisfaction to see people being destroyed or evil things happen. It, it, it grieves his heart. It does. That's not his plan. So he sent Jesus Christ to die for every person, even the person who is evil that maybe has killed somebody, whatever. His son was sent for him too. Ephesians 1, starting in verse 9. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ. Oh, it's a mystery. What is it? Which is to feel, fulfill his own good plan. Say good plan. good plan. Good plan. He has a good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on 
earth. That's a good verse, right? That's a good sentence right there. At the right time, it's not our time, it's his time, and it will be the right time. He will bring everything together under his authority. Everything will come under his authority. Everything. He will control everything. Right now, he has allowed things to happen. He obviously, if he's not initiating something, he's allowing it, right? So it's not like he's up there going, don't know what to do. He knows everything. But at the right time, he'll bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are, we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. That should be an amen right there. That's good. There's an inheritance we have. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to our plan? His plan. Why is my plan so different than God's plan sometimes? Because my plan's weak? Yeah. He, he always has a greater plan. But I, it's hard for me in my little mind to believe that God really truly understands that that's a better plan because I don't see it sometimes. But I have to trust him. So what I have to do is go back and do I believe the message? Do I believe that God is good, that he is love, he is light, that he, he died on the cross, he forgave my sins, that he has everything good for me, intention, all of the intentions is good, everything. I, I have to believe that. Because when I get into a challenge where something tragic happens, where do you fall back on? You have to have somewhere to land. Your foundation is going to be shaken a little bit. Where do you land? You need to predetermine, be so sure, so certain of your foundation and how strong you're going to be on that foundation and that you have to believe the message of what God is saying to you and who he is. Because if you don't, it will rock you off your foundation and you are not going to be able to stand strong. So today is an encouragement to make sure, because it's in the peaceful times that we're, we're fine, right? We are. We're fine. There's not really anything going on. But all of a sudden, when everything hits the fan you find out really where you're going to come down at. Because your tendencies, your human tendencies are to turn the other way, to give up, run, go hide in the corner, to, to say, God, you, you're not who you say you were. Our tendency. But we need to know rock solid. Predetermine that when this happens, because it, it's when, not if, it's when. Every one of us are going through stuff. We're going to go through it if we already are, aren't already doing that, according to his plan, his plan. Lord, not my will be done, but yours. Jesus set the great example. He didn't want to die. He didn't want to die. He, he felt pain just like you and I feel pain. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. Not my will, but yours. We all end up there somewhere, sometime, where we have to say that. Can you say it? Can you say that today? Can you say, not my will, Lord, but yours? Luke 4, 
42 and 43. This is not on the screen either. I like to keep you guessing a little bit and listening. Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. The crowd searched everywhere for him, and when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. But he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because that's why I was sent. He was sent to preach about the kingdom of God, to preach good news. He he was sent to deliver a message. When he delivered that message and he had developed some disciples and his time had arrived where he knew he needed to give his, he had to give his life for us, but he had a mission that he was on and he was very passionate about that mission, but he also was very compassionate when he was out doing that mission. Said that because that's why I was sent to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. It's good news. You got to know it's good news. It's good news. Then the last verse for believe in the message this morning Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 25. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you, Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. It's no longer a secret, is it? Because you now know He lives in you. His Holy Spirit dwells in you. Draw on that power. Draw on that strength. This gives you assurance of sharing in his glory. Wow, we get to share in his glory? That's amazing. The message and the messenger lives in us. Do you believe the message? Do you believe the good news? Do you believe God is light, he is love, in him is no darkness, he forgave your sins, he has a good plan for your life, he's delivered the good news, he's even said, I'm going to come and live in you to prove it. All right, it's time to lay hold of that, because you're going to be tested. But now you're equipped, because you, you must know what the good news is, you must know what the message is, and you need to believe the message so that you can be the message. And we're not going to finish that, or we're not going to go there today. Something cool, though, next week, because we're going to be out of town next weekend, but Tony's going to preach next week, and he's going to bring something really good that's added value to this, and I know you'll like it, you'll love it, because what's not to love about Tony? He's an incredible communicator. By the way, I see somebody sitting next to you, Tony. Suzeth, welcome back home. Back home from uh, the eastern parts of Canada. And we're glad that you're here. And uh, Tony is probably sort of happy, too. Yes. Yes. I'd like to ask if the worship team would come at this time.
So let's stand up. We're going to sing a song about his love. One thing remains. One thing remains. His love never gives up. <laughs> One thing remains. Amen. Let me do that. Just solidify in your own spirit, in your heart, in your mind, that God, I believe your message. I believe your message, and I believe in your love for me. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 